0: When Nkaleida Johnny's students enter her math class, learning geometry is the least of their challenges. 100% of her students at Boston's International High School are English language learners, as was Nkaleida when she immigrated from Albania with, quote, only her education, end quote. Today, she holds two master's degrees and models for her students what is possible, especially for someone who is competent in mathematics. Welcome to Fun for Teachers, the podcast. I'm Carrie Caton, and the goal of each episode is to elevate teachers as the inspiring architects of their careers, classrooms, and school communities. Today we're learning from Enkeleida Joni, 2019 Fund for Teachers Fellow and math teacher at Boston International High School. The daughter of a teacher, Enkeleida is originally from Albania, where she earned her bachelor's degree in education and mathematics. She immigrated to the United States two decades ago knowing no English, and now holds two master's degrees from Harvard University, one in education and the other in teaching mathematics. She's also a member of the English Learners Success Forum, an Ed Vester's Math Fellow, an advisory board member for the Better Math Teaching Network, and a member of the Massachusetts Consortium for Innovative Education Assessment. With her Fund for Teachers grant, Encoleda investigated the connection between math, history, and art through research of the Parthenon, Acropolis, theaters, and churches in Greece to deepen knowledge of Greek mathematicians and founders of math and create hands-on, multidisciplinary projects for students and the wider educational community. In advance of Pi Day, March 14, 314, I was curious about how Encoleda became a math teacher and particularly about how she engages non-native speakers With mathematical equations. I read that you came to the States from Albania 20 years ago with nothing but your education. Yes. And then the first sentence of your proposal said, my love for math and teaching landed me at my school 18 years ago. Yes. So can you kind of connect the dots from grading to being a Harvard grad and teaching in Boston? Yes.
1: Um I was since I was a little my mom you she was a teacher and she was she used to tell me you are going to be a teacher and when I was in third grade she used to kind of use me to tutor her students. So I grew up with the idea that you are going to be a teacher and teachers trying to kind of um, use the skill that I had that I created since I was a little to teach other people and math was my favorite because this is what you know most of the students struggle with. So that's how I knew I was gonna be a teacher. I love teaching. I don't know how to do anything else except of teaching math. So since I had my mother a teacher, she knew the value of education. So when I came to United States, my mom said to me, I don't want anything from you. Um, You know, immigrants, usually they want people to support them when they go immigrate. But my mom said, I don't want anything from you. Just go to school. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I went to school and I started my first one, um, master's in education at UMass Boston. And I used again the skill and I said, I know how to tutor math and who doesn't need one. So I got almost a free uh, ride at UMass Boston um, because I was working in a program. I worked a lot, but I got a free ride uh, and I came as an international student. Then I said, you know what? I can be a teacher. I got my license. I went to a very good school, I should say, to learn English because I knew nothing. That school was Boston School of Modern Languages. And uh, that gave me a push in terms of passing the test that I needed to pass. Um, And uh, after that, I said, you know what? I know how to teach math. I can be hired because I was eligible to be hired after uh, finishing my master's. Then my school said, you know what? We'll do the papers for you. Uh, They even did the immigration papers because I was good at teaching. So I had the whole ride was because of my math skills and my teaching skills. So then how did you end up at Harvard? I again worked in Boston and uh, they were looking for people who were coming from Boston public schools who wanted to continue with doing teaching math again. And guess what? I looked at the program. I saw it was very easy for me because in my school, I went through a very tough program. Uh, to be a math teacher. In my school, I, I use this expression that the professors used to write with one hand and race with the other. It was that fast. You had to learn so much and so quick. So because of that foundation, I saw the program. And again, I got a free ride from Harvard, almost a free ride. Um, and then I said, you know what? I can do it. And I did it with my two girls. I was pregnant with one, and uh, going in the train from my house to Harvard was like one hour of train, doing the homework in the train while I was teaching
0: full-time, mom full-time, student full-time. So your students have no excuses? No excuses. Because from what I understand too, you teach at a very unique school. Can you tell me yeah. about the school at which you teach? My school is full of immigrants. I teach 100% of immigrants. You said in uh, your fund for teachers grant application that your classroom is your castle and your students are your guests whom you try to help every day.
1: Uh, I say that to everybody because I did not say that in paper. Believing what you see in that paper is what comes from my heart. I don't know how to lie. Um, <laughs> it's um It's. I am in my classroom. I go there at 8 o'clock and I stay until 3.30. I eat lunch there with my students. I bring lunch sometimes for my students. Um, And I have students coming and going and uh, they ask questions. I answer it. Um, And I try to serve my students, be a good host to them. Like uh, I'm their friend, their mother, uh, their teacher, because they need guidance. And how old are these students? These are 17, 18, uh, most of the time they have been in United States for two years or three years. They are all ELL students. And do they come to you sometimes with, with no proficiency in, in English? Always. That's the Always. condition that they have in order to come to my school. So when I talk with my students who are immigrants and I tell them, you know what, I had two pair of pants when I went through my master's degree. And look at this, I have three houses. I have paid three houses because I have good math experience and I can play with numbers. I just refinanced my third house. I have paid my other houses. And you know what? I'm a landlord because of my math skills. And uh, it's not easy to have, you know, houses in Boston. So, um, you know, I tell them, this is what brought me here And more importantly, I love math, I love teaching, but I want to bring it back to my students. And I tell them, I'm treating you like my own kids. I don't tell my own kids less than I'm telling you. So um, I grab them somehow um, with me. I support them like I'm their
0: mother, not like their teacher. And how long have you been teaching? Forever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, since third grade, So you're you're such a typical uh, teacher's kid that- You grew up at the school, you're there all the time, but professionally, how long have you been teaching? Uh, I taught for five years in Albania. And then when I came
1: here in 1999, I took a break because I needed to learn English and do my first master. So from 1999 to 2002, I had a break. And then in 2002, I got my first job until now. I work in the same school for
0: like, what, 19 years now. That is such an incredible story. So you used a, a fund for teachers fellowship to investigate the connection between math and history and art through, in, in Greece. So through the Parthenon, the Acropolis, theaters, churches. And then you said in your, in your post fellowship reporting that, that same notion of paying it, paying it back, that, that you felt when you're given that opportunity that you wanted to bring back and really impact your students and your peers and the people with whom you work in all of the different uh, professional organizations including the Massachusetts Cross District Task Team, the Edvesters Math Fellows, the English Language Success Forum out of Stanford. So fast forward to tell me kind of what that looks like now in the classroom. Yes,
1: so I actually wanted my students to study the Parthenon, the golden ratio, how is uh, Parthenon and history and math all connected with each other. So in order to have that goal, um, I started with a simple question, which was, I said to my students, let's uh, work together. And we started with one question. The numbers are zero, one, one. And then what do you get after that? So students were supposed to add the number. So that was the first lesson. So we started with this one and then we said, oh my God, there is a connection there between the numbers. And then we said, if we find the ratio between those numbers, let's see what it is. And then the students were pulling the ratio and I created this, this, this table where the students were supposed to fill this up. And then they were showing that, you know, the numbers ends up being 1.6 at some point, if you see this, this number. Yes. Then when they were uh, dividing in the other side, they were seeing the other number that goes to 0.61. Then I have them go to Desmos and put them, remember last year, the online learning was not that much. This year is all about that. So these students was a big deal that they went to Desmos, they put the information in the table, they did it. Then I said, huh, that is strange that we got these two numbers, 0.6 and 1.6. then I told the students that these are special numbers and they are called Fibonacci numbers. Um, then the students were like more now into the research part, not just the discovery in class in groups. In the research part, what is the Fibonacci? What is Fibonacci sequence? Who was Fibonacci? Who was this guy? And they were supposed to discover his, the history behind Fibonacci numbers and Fibonacci. Um, that was part of my project, connecting all the pieces together. Um, then they figure out that, hey, there were so many numerical systems back then. was not only the one that we know right now. They saw that there were so many numbers. And then why was the Arabic number better? This was the other question. And then they, they say that because of the discovery of zero, which was the same of discovery of Internet or Zoom these days, um the numbers, the IRB one was the best one because of they were able to do the numbers. So this was the research part that they were able to do it on their own all in the, all in your math class, all in math class in the project. Then we said, okay, now we discovered we talked about history, we talked about numbers. then I wanted them to see what is golden? why is that golden? Then we talked about golden rectangle. Um, And we built the golden rectangle in class. Um, I was giving them just a piece of paper, start with a little square and then build from there. You know, you have to add this with protractors was a lot of work. Some students don't know how to use protractors or compasses. So it was a lot, but they did the work here. And then I was like, this is not just it. It's a golden section also. What is the golden section? Is the section that you can divide into two parts where the long and the short and the ratio between the short and the long is the same as the long and the whole piece. Um, So we tried to prove this one and we still got 1.6 and 0.6. Again, a lot of math here. Then we said there is another one, golden triangle. Um, And then a golden triangle is where they were supposed to say, why is a golden uh, triangle? Because again, we got these special numbers, 1.6 and um, 0.6. Then I said, okay, now I divided the class into groups. And I said, one group is going to talk about Fibonacci rabbits, right? This is how Fibonacci started Fibonacci numbers because rabbits uh, multiply according to Fibonacci numbers. Another group was about Fibonacci numbers and DNA. DNA has also Fibonacci numbers. Another one was the honeybees. The honeybees are connected. Another one was with Fibonacci numbers, Pascal's triangle, which is a big part of uh, calculus. And then I had another one, the fates or the whole our body. And I talked about that in project. All our bodies based on Fibonacci numbers. And then I had Fibonacci numbers in the spiral, in the special spiral. In music, then basically in the music, when you follow uh, the music starts, usually the change or the rhythm starts if the music is long, for example, three minutes after 0.6 of that time. Um. And then we discovered in plants, in trees, in flowers, you know, there are flowers that usually have three, all these five, seven, all these Fibonacci numbers. Then Mona Lisa, why is that special? It's because there's all about Fibonacci numbers there. Sunflower, everything. Oh, ah, the cool thing was at some point I branched one group out and I said, um, do golden ratio in our school? I asked the city of Boston and I said, can you give us information about where our building was built and what happened and what happened with our building? So we got the information from the city of Boston about the plan of our school. And I asked the student to figure out where is Fibonacci numbers or a golden ratio in here. Then they were able to figure it out by measuring all of this that, you know, the field or the parking lot that we have is all Fibonacci numbers, the whole school. So that was another cool thing. Um, and then I asked the students, because we are ELL students, mm-hmm. asked my students to go to book creator where they were supposed to create books this is where my students were supposed to put this, and they were supposed to read about this because I teach ELL students, and talking um, is very important for them, especially in
0: our school because we have low ELD level. So they created books about their projects, and then they spoke. They like presented. It's their their audio books. Yes. yes. For example, right here you can see speak, students speaking about
1: this one Fibonacci sequence of numbers of the. 20 terms, 0, 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, 21, 34, 55, 39, 144, 233, 377, 610, 970, and so on. The next number in the Fibonacci sequence was 34 because in order to find the following number was added the last two terms. The other piece that is missing here uh, is that I bought the materials to have my students in a uh, lab to go and create uh, laser cutting, uh, uh, a tool to measure Fibonacci numbers. Plus to make this one, if this group had um, sunflowers, uh, sunflower, then they had to make a sunflower. Uh, if the other group had uh, Parthenon, they had to build Parthenon and laser cut it in a lab. So that is my thing that is missing from here because of pandemic. And so how did the fellowship play into this for you? Oh, it was an inspiration. I did my master's at at Harvard and it was one teacher. He was in love with Fibonacci numbers and Greek math. And he was like, I go to Greece every single year and you have no idea how much you will discover there. And he kind of uh, put the idea in my head that um, I I will do this project at some point. So that was in my idea. And uh, I am myself, I told you that I was born to be a math teacher and writing is not my professional. I mean, it's not my strength. Um, but, uh, I applied for this fellowship like two times before, but I did not get it. And I said, you know what? I went to the teacher's union. I said, I need help. I know I'm good at what I do, but I need help with this writing. It's not my strength. So then they said to me, okay, we'll provide some help for you to write it. And they just helped me polish my thinking in order to put in papers to get the, 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 the fellowship in order to go there. And when I went there, I had done so much research and I was so much in love with the place that I was seeing things. I was like, oh, I know this is the one. I know this is the one. So it was an inspiration for me. And uh, from my point of view is uh, when I get something, I'll give it back to my students. So that um, part of me, part of my character was that I have to do it. That's why in September, I started with the idea that I have to do it. And then I had it done. Uh, I printed these books for my students and I gave it to them. So they have it for other projects that they need. And I'm willing to share my experience and the steps that I went through for the fellowship and for the work for the students because they did a brilliant
0: job. They did all math together, it's like a college class. Have you followed your students whom you've had over the years? Do, kind of, are they, are, are they mathematicians in, in practice or? Uh, they, I have followed, we usually
1: have uh, twice a year, like get together with my previous students and uh, they have done very well. You know, most of my students have finished college and uh, we, we get in touch with them because they, we want them to be an inspiration for the other students who are in school. We are Facebook friends, all of us together. And we have like uh, potlucks with them all the time. So our school is like
0: more like a family. It's not just a school. I totally hear that. Okay, and the last thing I think I would ask is if a teacher was considering applying for a Fund for Teachers grant, why would you tell them to apply? Oh, it's
1: a great opportunity. It's an inspirational piece that we as teachers need. The more opportunities like like this we have, the better it is to go and get inspired, come back, bring it back to your students because they need it. They need to see not just math, pure math, X, Y, Z, but they need these projects to make sure they come along for me to win that grant yeah it took me some time to write it it's not my strength for other teachers probably is easier but i worked a lot on that and um i said you know what it's the best professional development to go out there and see what is out there and to know that somebody's taking care of you it's not just you taking care of the others
0: we look forward to using this podcast to elevate more teachers as the inspiring architects of their careers, classrooms, and school communities. But you can learn from almost 9,000 Fund for Teachers Fellows now by visiting fundforteachers.org blog, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you, Fund for Teachers Fellow, Enkeleida Joni, 2019 Fund for Teachers Fellow and math teacher at Boston International High School. Encoleda welcomes your emails to talk about her fellowship or the innovative ways she incorporates multiple subjects into her teaching of English language learners. You may reach her at egjoni at bostonpublicschools.org. I'm Carrie Caton. Thank you for joining us today at Fund for Teachers, the podcast. Until next time, keep learning.